0: Welcome to the Soul Unleashed Podcast, where self discovery and coloring outside of the lines is encouraged. If you have started your own inward journey, my friend, I'm excited to help you unleash your soul. And now, the man who shatters paradigms, the host of the Soul Unleashed Podcast, Mike Nicholas. Hello, friends and fellow seekers. This is Mike Nicholas again with another episode of the Soul Unleashed Podcast. In this episode, I'd like to share an important lesson that I learned personally that I was able to apply to a personal crisis that I'm going through. And as many of you know, I'm dealing with the issue with my wife who fell at home and who has spent the last 20 now, 21 days in the intensive care unit of a hospital, two weeks of that in a coma, and on a ventilator and uh, tracheostomy and other things. I wanted to just share that I came across a book which has helped me quite a bit and that's what I want to share with you in this podcast. First of all, I'd also like to thank those of you who were kind enough to express your prayers and kind thoughts about my wife. I really appreciate it and uh, it's helped me quite a lot. So the point of this podcast deals with a book called Man's Search for Meaning. I think it's amazing sometimes how spirit Puts things in your path, you know, that you certainly didn't expect or want to come across. I was listening to a YouTube video. It was another motivational type YouTube video by a gentleman named Trevor Moag. Uh, He has since passed away, but, but Trevor talked about this book and he said it was one of the most important books of the 20th century. And oddly enough, I had never heard of it. Now, I'm sure some of you or many of you have heard of this book. It certainly must be a staple in those places, uh, colleges, universities that deal with psychiatry or counseling or psychoanalysis or or those kind of things. But in my humble experience, I never came across it. My background, as many of you know, was military and project management and engineering and all the hard sciences, I guess you'd say, and I I never had a chance to, to come across this. But I am glad that I did, and I think that it was put put there for me recently to deal with this particular issue. In the book, it talks about Frankel's experience with concentration camps. He spent most of his time in Auschwitz and he was in some other camps also. But he was a psychiatrist when he went into the camp. He became a doctor during his time there. He eventually let them know that he had medical training so he was put in charge of things like taking care of people with typhoid, and he got sick himself many times, but he managed, obviously, to survive. But in his mind, he started trying to keep track of what he was witnessing. Before he went into the camp, he actually had written a book on something called logotherapy, and he had that in his pocket when he was first sent to the concentration camp. They took it from him and trashed it, and so... He spent much of his time throughout his experience scribbling on scraps of paper and documenting what he was seeing. And he spent the rest of his life afterwards talking about these things. And it's it's things that are pure obvious, I guess, to some of us now. But you know, Freud apparently wrote that life was primarily a quest for pleasure, and another psychiatrist, Adler, said that life was a quest for power. But to his credit, I think, Frankl said that life, to him, was a, a quest for meaning, a search for meaning. And in his experience, he really believed in a saying by Friedrich Nietzsche. Nietzsche said that he who has a why to live for can put up with almost any how. And that's what Frankl witnessed in the camps. One important thing he said, and I'm, I am apologize for reading this because I can't won't memorize it, but he said that forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. You cannot control what happens to you in life, but you can always control what you will feel and do about what happens to you. And those are the lessons that he learned during the camp. He said, we are never left with nothing as long as we retain the freedom to choose how we will respond. So why am I mentioning all this? Well, I've been dealing with my, my wife, and it's actually a good news story right now in terms of her recovery. She is no longer in a coma, and she is coming out of, out of that and becoming more aware. And she is unable to, to speak because of the tracheostomy. Uh, She is also unable for some reason, which we don't understand. She can't hear. And so the way I've been communicating with her is writing things out. And it's become of concern to me, especially after I read the story I'm about to share with you in Frankel's book, about how important it is, the connection between our mind and hope and our, our our physical well-being. And so... Let me just tell you the story here that Frankel related, which which made me want to do something different uh, in terms of my wife's wife's health. So he learned early on that it became obvious that they could tell when certain men were going to give up and just not care to live anymore. He said each man had to find a a reason, and this applied, of course, to women also, but his, his experience was limited to observing men. He said each man had to find a reason to live, to survive, to want to survive. And for, for many people, for many men, it had to do with their loved one that was at home. In most cases, it was their wife. Now, Frankl had a wife, but he also knew in his heart that she had already been murdered, and she had been. And so his meaning in life was, he, was this desire to document what he was witnessing, and the scraps of paper, and eventually his book. He said, for some other men, it had to do with talking about um, what they want to accomplish when they got out, you know, in their career or their profession or something they want to do, similar to him almost. But he realized as a psychiatrist and a doctor that it was important to find this why for men to keep them from giving up. And He said they lived in constant fear of this giving up, not, not for themselves because that would have been pointless to worry about yourself because once you gave up, you gave up. But for his friends, he said what would happen on certain mornings was a a man would just decide he gave up on life, he would not get out of bed, and no amount of pleas from his friends, no amount of beatings from the guard would get him out of bed and he would literally die there that day uh, because he just gave up. And so to prevent that, Frankl would often give lectures and talks many times in the dark trying to address the mental state of the of the other uh, inmates of Auschwitz or wherever he was located. So here's the story. He he had a friend who was in the camp with him, and this friend was a well-known composer. He doesn't share the name, but he said the composer came to him one day and he said, Doctor, I had this strangest dream. I want to share it with you. And of course, Frankel said, well, what is it? And he said, I was told that all I had to do was ask any question that would be answered. And of course Franklin said, Well, what did what did you ask? He said, I asked when we would our suffering would end. When would my suffering end in this camp and we would be liberated? And Franklin said, Well, when did you have this dream? And he said, February of nineteen forty-five. And it was so just a few weeks earlier when they were talking. And he said, Well, when, what date did they tell you? And he said, I was told March thirtieth. Our suffering would end. And Frankel said, okay. Well, as the time drew near and as the expected date of of being rescued came closer, it became obvious to them that that was not going to happen. They were receiving news and they, they were able to tell, you know, like rumors mostly what was going on with the war. They knew that they were not going to be liberated by that date. Well, on March 29th, a day before, the expected the deliverance was supposed to happen the composer fell terribly ill with a high fever and typhus and on March 30th the expected delay day of his deliverance he became delirious and uh, went into a coma and on March 31st he was dead and it was within a week or so that they were actually were liberated but uh, Exactly what he had said, basically, was he would be liberated, his suffering went into March 31st and happened. But to most people, and this is the point that Frankel makes, for most people, it would appear that this man had died from typhoid. But Frankel knew the the tenuous connection between our mental state and hope. And this man had lost all hope when he realized that the date wasn't going to happen, and he immediately fell into the sickness which overcame his body, overcame his immune system, and he died from that. And after I read that story, I thought, man, this is something that concerns me with my wife. I want to make sure that you know that she is still mentally strong while she's going through all this and, and able to overcome things. So I've been sharing with her pictures of our grandchildren and, and pictures of, of what they're doing. And I have them, she can't hear the video messages, but have them send her messages to, to give her hope. So she has something to look forward to uh, while she's overcoming her challenges. So that's what this was intended to do. This, again, is probably another shorter podcast, but if you want to spend some time reading this book, I think it's well worth it. Again, I'm sharing this journey that I'm on, the spiritual uh, expansion, this spiritual liberation, my, my soul being unleashed. And this fits right in with what I'm doing right now. And again, it's Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Frankl's F-R-A-N-K-L. Easy to find, short book. And the first half is about his experience in the concentration camp. And he doesn't go into the story so much because that's been covered many times in many other places. But he does talk about his lessons that he learned. The second part is his interpretation of what those are, and it's a little more clinical. But I think you'll, you'll find it very worthwhile. So thank you for joining me, thank you for your time, and I look forward to another episode uh, soon. Bye-bye. All right, that's a wrap for another podcast of The Soul Unleashed. Thank you for joining me. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you leave a review for wherever you downloaded this podcast and subscribe? That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be helping other seekers such as yourself, many of them on the same journey, find their way to this podcast and community. Thanks again. Bye-bye.